Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into North podcast, where we take a look at the competitive side of the Commander format, also known as CEDH. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt, aka Null. Welcome, everyone. Reed, aka Sick Robot. How are you doing? And Morgan, aka Spleenface. What's up? And in this episode, we'll be covering the new BNR announcements, and you no, know, possibly the yeah. most important day in CDH history. That's, that's and there was much rejoicing. <laughs> yeah. Old claim since partners, uh, I'd say. But yeah, Flash is banned. We did it. We did it. Reddit. We did yeah. it. So it turns on. It ter- turns out my mic was actually on this whole time, and our voices got heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we uh okay well we've got we've got a lot to talk about so let's let's just jump right into housekeeping so housekeeping we've got uh, a new patron so big shout out to jonk um you know again thank you to our patrons uh you guys are helping us you know fund the editing for the show and hosting fees and all that jazz and putting that money to good use um but yeah let's let's move on into the uh the exciting stuff shall we so new developments biggest one first on the list flash is banned uh and we actually have uh, a comment here from listener redshift he, he wants us to get a minute of i'll just read what he says redshift says can we get a minute silence on the next stream out of respect you can squeeze it into the 45 minutes you're going to spend talking about the two-headed giant shit so no because <laughs> i don't respect flash um <laughs> But on the note of two-headed giant shit, uh, seeing as we know that's why everyone listens to the podcast, we have decided that since obviously our in-person local two-headed giant tournaments aren't happening right now, we are going to organize an online one, which is currently going to be we uh, tentatively Sunday, May the 10th, which is a week after this episode releases. So if you're interested in trying out this mythical format definitely uh come check that out and we'll have some more information for you uh, yeah, it's a, when it's this really episode goes live interesting okay. format definitely like a well. hybrid between you know multiplayer edh and 1v1 dual commander yeah um, definitely like and like super, legacy super and can lander yeah to an extent as well yeah very very interesting stuff band karn please okay <laughs> now, yeah <laughs> uh so yeah let's let's get into uh let's get into the main topic so we're going to start by having Morgan. Morgan's going to read the actual announcement because um, there's there's some interesting content. Uh, I mean, we're not going to read the full announcement. There was also some stuff about uh, banning Lutri and, and how the companion. I almost said companion commanders. No, just how the companion cards work. Yeah, they're basically in, in, commanders. <laughs> Dude, they're all legendary I've creatures. Watched, I've watched some like magic streams and continuously like people who don't play commander like, you know, magic pros or whatever, like people who've won like pro tours are like just making the constant Freudian slip of calling the companion their commander and it's just so funny is it even uh, a slip though like honestly like it's just like they're basically just commanders yeah yeah like i i I get why they couldn't call them commanders in the like in the text box but i mean basically right also it is kind of interesting that you can't i mean i don't know why you would but it is somewhat interesting that you can't like wish your commander into your hand or your companion. God damn it. <laughs> you can't wish your companion into your hand, even though it is outside the game. But whatever. Uh, yeah, so Flash. Speaking of exceptional decisions, we are banning Flash 
The card, not the mechanic. Enough CDH players who we trust have convinced us that it is the only change they need for the environment they seek to cultivate. Though they represent a small fraction of the commander player base, we are willing to make this effort for them. It should not be taken as a signal that we are considering any kind of change to how we intend to manage the format. This is an extraordinary step and one we are unlikely to repeat. We use the ban list to guide players in how to approach the format and hope Flash's role on the list will signal will be to signal cheating things into play quickly in non-interactive ways isn't interesting. Don't do that. We believe Commander is still best as a social-focused format and will not be making any changes to accommodate tournament play. Taking responsibility for your and your opponent's fun, including setting expectations with your group, is a fundamental part of the Commander philosophy. Organizers who want to move towards more untrusted games should consider adding additional rules or guidance to create the Commander experience they want to offer. Well said, I think. Yeah, um, so I, I, I think, first of all, Let's let's get some acknowledgments going. So obviously this is great for, for CDH as a format. Um, this is a result of a long campaign um, by the CDH community and community leaders who've been in constant contact with CAG uh, members and, and RC members. Um, you know, this is something that pretty much every CDH player has wanted and has vocalized. It's been we've been very um, unanimous on this front, and so I just want to you know let's everyone give themselves a big pat on the back. We did it, hooray! Right, and and also yeah. I do want to acknowledge um, the voices, particularly some of the more influential ones who really didn't have a dog in the fight, but you know realized that we were miserable, um, <laughs> and and realized that what was needed to fix it wasn't. Uh, a huge ask and was something that they felt even as people more responsible and more involved with the casual side of Commander was something that they felt that they could give. So casual content creators who publicly supported a flash ban, uh, you know, members of the CAG, obviously you big, know, big, big up to Shivam. Shivam. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, there were, there were lots of people who, uh, you know, gave us a hand here when they definitely didn't have to. And I think it's important to recognize that. Also, I, I do want to, you know, we, we were shouting out CAG members and community members. Also just shout out to Sheldon. Um, for the longest time, I know he's been kind of taking, he's basically a martyr for the, uh, for, for the RC, like our, and he's, he's kind of just like standing in front of all the arrows. If you've seen the, the meme of, I think it's like link standing, like shielding Zelda from a bunch of arrows or something like that. He kind of does that for the, uh, for the RC. So even if, you know, he, he agrees or whatever, he'll, he'll kind of like take all the shit on behalf of all the RC members. So I know, or at least my understanding was that Sheldon was actually kind of on the side of, uh, of banning flash for a while. Um, and it was actually some of the other RC members who, you know, had to be, convinced more um but you know nevertheless he was constantly you know taking a ton of flack from uh, people online so you know thanks for making this happen and you know putting up with all that garbage and still not you know letting that affect your ultimate decision yeah seriously speaking of the rc and this change um the there's been a lot of or a decent amount of discussion about the tone of the post and uh if you're like really upset by that post get over yourself um th- there's like 
this is not the language that people are objecting to is not directed at cdh players they are clearly trying to communicate to the casual player base who is the vast majority of their audience that this doesn't signal a change with how they're approaching format governance and they are also trying to signal to competitive players that this this isn't them opening the gates for us pushing for the next thing to be banned and people acting like this is somehow the most like condescending or patronizing thing uh you're just you're reading into something that isn't there and it's, and it's just making us look bad making cdh it's players us look, look bad, bad. Yeah. and also like they are they didn't have to do this even if you know it came across as you know they were sort of sh sh trying to show off how magnanimous they were being they still are being magnanimous and they definitely didn't have to do this so like just yep. stop just smile and be happy that we we yep. got what we wanted at the end of the day you know i've been i've said to some people online and and talked to these guys before the the show started uh, and an, an analogy i've been using is that it's like you you sued someone and you're just upset that they didn't smile as as you as they hand you the check <laughs> like one in court let's like just just be happy that you won uh and got what you wanted and and move on um but yeah so along these lines let's let's talk about you know something that he, that that he mentioned you know not not setting the precedent and, and not opening the floodgates to future bans and i know this is a big concern that i've seen among casual players that this is you know setting a dangerous precedent slippery slope yada 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 and one of the things that you know was really emphasized with with this ban campaign you know by the cdh community and, and the cdh you know community leaders was that flash really is unique and it's not just that it's the best combo in the format and that, you know, uh, once you ban this, there's going to be a next best combo like it is in other, you know, constructed formats. There's always going to be the next best thing. CDH players are always going to, you know, find the next broken thing and then they're going to complain about that. Um, well, I have no doubt that people are going to complain about the next, uh, you know, you're going to be complaining about consults and Timna. And, you know, I'm probably going to, we're going to be doing that on the show as well, you know, later episodes. So, you know, feel free to, to quote this back to us. But there is something fundamentally different about Flash. And we were campaigning on the fact that Flash was a unique case that is, you know, very, very unlikely to be repeated. Um, so we, we don't really need any more bans beyond Flash. Like the meta can adapt and handle the rest of this after Flash. So please don't make liars out of, you know, the community leaders who helped facilitate this ban and, you know, the CDH community who, who are saying, nope, this is it. Just stop asking. Don't, don't, don't bother, you know, the CAG or the RC, um, you know, demanding, oh, ban Thassa's Oracle, ban Console, ban Tainted Pack, ban Timna, ban Thrasios, ban Mana Crypts. Like we, we did it. Let's, we, we, we got what we wanted. Let's let's stay true to our word. And, you know, if you see people, um, you know, bothering, you know, Sheldon or, or Shivam or whoever on, on Twitter about this kind of stuff or CDH players or, they're you know, on the subreddit or whatever, you know, try and make the case that we can the meta can adapt to consult decks, even though they're very strong. It's a very strong combo. We can adapt to that in a way that we can't adapt to Flash. Um, and, you know, this podcast is going to be a great a uh, resource to kind of help explain how we think the meta is going to shape up and you know actually adapt to uh the the upcoming meta 
Yeah, I think there's there's sort of two key ways in which Consult or Oracle or Tainted Pact or whichever card you pick from the Consult shell just isn't Flash. The first is that it's not nearly as much better than everything else, at, like, is as Flash was. This, it's a very awkward statement to word, but the, the, sorry, the gap between Flash and everything else is much larger than the gap between Consult and everything else will be now. But also, Consult does fundamentally the same thing every other deck is doing to win the game. It's just, like, a little bit more efficient. It doesn't add, like, a whole new dimension along which it's strong, and it doesn't, like, warp the game in the same way. You have to respect a three-mana sorcery speed two-card win condition out of your opponent. Like, that's strong. Uh, no one's denying that. But that's not, like... You know, a lot of the win conditions before that were, like, four-mana two-card sorcery speed win condition. Or, you know... Like, even a, an, an ad nauseum plus a dark ritual is, like, a three-mana win condition, right? Like, it's not this this somehow, like, magically different than every or it, it's not different than every other win condition or whatever other deck is trying to do in the same way that flash was mm -hmm. well which said. means we should be able to yeah. handle it <laughs> yes and, and we'll give you the top 10 tips and tricks that the rc doesn't want you to know to help handle flash in the uh and then just stay tuned stay Except tuned the rc yeah. definitely does want you to know them so that you don't yell at them to ban cards yeah, that's, we're not going to get all the the youtube clicks and views if we uh if we don't if we don't you know clickbait it with some some hot uh hot oh, right. titles Work there. the algorithm yeah, yeah. 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 um gotta yeah, get those so, views I think we hit the 10 minute mark <laughs> uh before before we recorded this we reached out to um the the into the north discord to ask you, our listeners our listeners sorry, yeah to, <laughs> to ask our, our listeners um to give their statements and sentiments on the ban and and how they're reacting I, I found i kind of thought it'd be interesting to get a snapshot of this you know moment in the uh, history of our format um because this is likely to we're, we're never likely to see something this um momentous ever again uh just i'm hopefully hopefully nothing this momentous ever happens again because i, I feel like yeah. that's either this is going to be a very bad thing it, it can yeah, only spell, definitely we, we're open to things that are you know equal in magnitude but maybe in a, on a different yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't want to envision the, the this like what what is what is what is going to cause the scenario where something is equal in magnitude to this but you know that's a another digression but yeah so let's let's get into uh what what our listeners had to say though so keegan says rip flash where half the game time was spent resolving mulligans z wells three says where Blood Moon and Rule of Law effects were falling out of favor, they are no longer just cards that help the Flash Hulk decks at the table win more easily. Bending Guy says, King Thrasios is dead. Long live King Thrasios. <laughs> yeah. Wells also says, I don't think it's advisable to start discussing anything related to potential new bannings. I only say this because Shivam and Sheldon have made it clear in the past that their main concern in banning Flash would be the slippery slope of the CDH community asking for them to ban the next best thing. 
Thunderfarts says, regardless of what might come next as one of the more prominent strategies in the format, the flash ban has gotten me to do something I haven't done in a long time. In-depth brewing. I'm finding myself looking at the commanders I'd otherwise cast aside because they couldn't compete with Flash. I'm excited to brew for the first time in a long time. Tarot PLZ says, Haldex have been with me through my entire CDH journey. I started with janky Abzan Hulkweaver Hatebear decks uh, that developed from an arms race and a casuals playgroup to a little bit of shuffle, a quick transition to Sacred and eventually Sushi. Considering the time, effort, and money I put into Flash Hulk, this ban would be devastating. Uh, this should be devastating for me. However, I'm very happy it happened. I think many others feel like me and IMO. In my opinion, this shows that banning Flash has the right thing to, was the right thing to do. I'm excited to see where this journey will lead and to see what new and exciting non-Flash-based Hulk decks will appear in the new, undoubtedly more healthy era of CDH. Squirrel Mob says, The reaction over the tone of the banlist announcement is overblown, especially considering it's saying the same message they've given all along. And last but not least, Jenk says, I'm very excited to see what the next few months look like for our format. Concentra consultation gets stronger, sure, but Rule of Law and Stacks effects will help mitigate any upward movement from consult lists as more mid-range strategies make their way into the format. Najila looks really good to me, so does Food Chain Sliver. I'm excited to play Yisan more frequently, and I'm already itching to convert Opus Thief to Blue Farm. I'm psyched. Dude, this is awesome. I, I'm I'm really glad yeah. we did this. This is great swath of uh, of statements, and I think I think you know this kind of shows where the uh, where the community is at generally. So yeah, and I don't think and really I've how ever, much like this means to us. I also don't think I've ever heard so many people say I play this strategy, and I'm happy about this ban like in any other format in any other context yes i mean like maybe maybe like Eldrazi or like hogak but i don't know like even then right yeah yeah okay well we're gonna be moving on to uh briefly discussing some meta implications of the ban um and so throughout this episode we've got a couple listener questions that you know before the relevant topic um, we're just kind of going to read them and and uh, and then transition into the actual topic kind of uh, that, that that they bring up in the question. So so for the meta implications of the ban, Soul Bad Guy nine eight seven says or asks sorry, uh, any insights on how the meta will shape out now that Flash is gone? And Zeke the Impaler asks, with Flash banned, will games begin to increase in speed? Since the stacks effect of Flash is gone, will decks become less value engine based uh, and more glass cannon? So in terms of the meta implications of the ban, uh, you know, on, on how how uh, the meta is going to shape out, we've kind of got a, a, a bird's eye view perspective on how um, the meta is going to transform and react to this to react to this ban and really the focus yeah. on this discussion is going to be on meta churn um so i think morgan you want to you know talk about this uh quite a bit because you, you have some interesting things to to say about it so I'll, I'll give the floor to you sure so like when we say churn what we mean is that unlike bef unlike before when flash was legal and as the top deck it was so strong that there wasn't sort of like an obvious counter there wasn't a rock paper scissors of actual viable decks um it just sort of we've reached an equilibrium and we stayed there and people you know teched a little bit one way or the other oh i make my list a little more greedy because people are 
playing slower, you know, I want to take the game longer, whatever it is. But now, um, there are actual strategies that counter consult, and then there are strategies that counter those strategies, but aren't just like completely unplayable in the face of either consult or those strategies. So I think what we're going to see is people actually sort of working through phases. They switch decks. People are playing, like people play the mid-range decks, which then is countered by people being greedy and trying to go fast because, you know, people are sort of sparing with their interaction. And then, you know, people are tapping out for Ristic Studies on, you know, the earlier turns of the game. So people are then playing like farm decks to try and win. And then then there's some stacks, which hurts the farm decks because you got Rule of Laws and Thalias and whatever. And so we'll actually get... Um, changing based on what you're playing against what decks are the best and then we'll see change over time and i think that it'll actually look a lot more like a lot of people's local playgroup metas where it was much harder for people to just sort of switch decks um and we'll see that kind of effect where people play the decks they like you know maybe they switch decks because the metas shifted a lot um and we'll have much more diverse and sort of a much less easily defined overall overarching meta than we had before. Yeah, it's really just about like the relative inability for the meta going forward to be like solved mm-hmm. as opposed to like what yeah. it looked like before. Yeah, I think I think this kind of churn that we're talking about is really, you know, a, a good indicator of a healthy format. Um, because there is no, yeah, there is, there is no solve. It's not going to reach a a stable, you know, equilibrium and, you know, there's, you're constantly going to have to be adapting. I know, I think pioneer is a pioneer. I I remember listening to a podcast. I think like Jerry, it might've been Jerry Thompson and Brian Gottlieb's podcast. Uh, God, I forget the name of it, but uh, I think it's like the arena podcast, magic arena podcast or something like that. Um, they were, they were discussing in, I think it was pioneer, that you know by the time their episode comes out to you it's basically out of date because the meta is is shifting and adapting so quickly um and it changes you know over the course of of a a, from you know monday and by the time there's events going on on saturday and sunday you know things have changed you need your 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 deck selection might be wrong so that's the kind of thing that i think is really healthy for this kind of format so things aren't going to get stale. You, you constantly need to be um, aware of the direction the meta is going. How do you make the changes in your deck to compensate for that? Um, can you, you know, metagame the metagame? Uh, what, what's the best choice? What's the best deck choice into this tournament? You know, is, is there some cool like uh, tech that I can use? You know, think two moves ahead. Um, that That's the kind of thing that's going to be really fun. And I think that kind of opens up the 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 space for more viable decks right when when the meta is so chaotic you know it's lots of lots of you know tier two or or, you know yeah i guess tier two decks are gonna um have their moment to shine because they're you know some decks are tier two because they're so specific in their niche that it's just very hard to uh 
to find the right meta. But, you know, maybe maybe there's going to be a time when, you know, Baral mono counter spells is, is, you know, viable in, oh, in under specific God, meta please no. I played <laughs> I played through Control Winter. It was not a fun time. <laughs> and also, like, I think that uh, in terms of innovation, Flash was also like one of the most punishing things to sort of anything less than perfect deck building in play. Yeah. Um, like, sort of, I remember someone remarked, I think it was during the, like, Kaladesh to Dominaria standard, when there was, like, a really strong mono-red aggro and a really strong mono-blue tempo list that people played in standard, and it was like, it is impossible to try and brew or innovate, because you just, you queue up on Arena and you just get rolled by mono-red and mono-blue over and over. And Flash had that effect where it was like, if you're trying to do something like spicy and so your lists, you know, it doesn't have like it can't doesn't have the best mana and interaction available at all times because you're focusing on your new innovative game plan. And like, oh, I just I I can't quite fit the hate in to specifically hate on Hulk. So just like I uh, guess I'll just die to Flash a bunch. It's like, oh, I'll try and resolve my like spicy card on turn three. Oh, guess we died to Flash a bunch. Like, and Flash was really ruthless on picking on like the weak link in a oh, pod, yeah. Well, right? that that's like even <laughs> yeah. even from the time of like shuffle and DNV, right? Like that was the big strength of the decks and sort of like what they were designed around. Um and that like that only got stronger going forward. But it's like they like the whole idea of DNV and Shuffle was just to be like the best deck of the table to take advantage of uh people stumbling, right? Or people making misplays. Like the whole idea was you were going to be in the best place possible to take advantage of somebody doing something incorrectly. And so like as soon as you like get better and better piles into the picture, like that just got even more and more oppressive. So like you basically were forced to be playing the best deck that you could and also just make no mistakes or else you just die. Which is incredibly toxic. Fla- Flash yeah, Hulk was absolutely. a harsh mistress. <laughs> I, I, I will not. I will not. Uh, will not miss her one bit. Um, no. Yeah. So I think one, one one thing before we move on, and and the next the next seg- segment we're going to be talking about, and we're going to be getting more into specifics, and and this might contain the, the next segment will contain some more like practical advice. But you know, before before we move on, I just wanted to to say, and we can all give some like closing remarks on this if we want, but. It, don't be discouraged if your deck that you your pet deck that you know it's like oh you know the wicked witch is dead let me let me just you know pull out my you know tier two deck that's you know got two inches of dust on it like don't be discouraged if it doesn't work out right away i think because of the meta churn there is going to be a time and a place for your deck even if it's not you know sitting at the top of the meta and, and super good it's there is going to be a time and a place where you'll you'll see results um so you know, be patient. Don't be discouraged. Uh, you know, feel free to explore pet decks and, and all that jazz. You know, do some crazy brewing. You know, do some interesting combos that aren't just consult. <laughs> and I mean, but, there's, uh, there's always yeah. going to be a best deck as well. And there's always going to be like a tier. Well, maybe not a tier, but there's like a collection a defined, of like, top decks. T- yeah. And yeah. like, so don't be necessarily disappointed if your pet deck doesn't like breach into that um upper echelon like upper echelon of decks because like not every deck can be can be that good right so like maybe just be content with the fact that you don't die to 
two mana at instant speed and you could maybe play the game a bit more with your tier two deck i know i will yeah yeah uh, one thing actually um, this is kind of i was just you know stewing on the fact that we were, we were talking about how flash really necessitated perfect play um and and really punished weaker decks i think this you know flash ban is actually going to be great for new players in the format uh people just coming in because a lot of the time people who are um being introduced for the to cdh for the first time they'll they'll tend to want to uh, it's not often i don't find that people straight up net deck from the beginning um usually as people are getting introduced into cdh it's because there's been some uh, you know power escalation in their group and you know the the classic edh arms race um so people have like tuned high power decks that they'll take into cdh pods because you know that's the the their baby that they've been working on and i think those kinds of decks are actually going to find um some amount of success in in flash hulk and hopefully oh sorry with 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 flash hulk gone and you know hopefully that that allows players to you know to to find their feet and uh, learn to love the format and not just you know get stomped by flash and immediately discouraged yeah absolutely um i think uh it's a great time to be confident because um it's a great time to be forgiving i think that's kind of like a easy summary Okay, uh, so moving on, we're, we're calling this segment a sketch of the new meta. So here we're going to be kind of outlining our uh, takes on, on how we think things are going to go. So, you know, take what, what we're saying with a grain of salt, but I think it's this is some of these things are kind of generically accepted as uh, a, a, as the popular opinion among, you know, top CDH brewers and people who play a lot of CDH and meta experts. So you know, you you can take some solace in the fact that it's probably not absolutely incorrect advice, but uh, you know, we need to actually play a lot in this format in order to see see how things shake out. So hopefully, hopefully you can you can take what we're saying here and and implement it and have a leg up in the the early weeks of this format. But we uh, are professionals, technically. <laughs> technically. <laughs> Uh, so well, we'll start this off with a, uh, a listener question. So Tegan asks, so now what, uh, where do you see the meta going now? Specifically is storm a thing again, or is consult too strong to go all in on a strat like that? So the sub, the sub topic here is, is strategies and what strategies we think are going to be viable into the new format. So Matt, I think you've got, uh, you've got this first point claimed for yourself here. So uh, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Um, this is, I think when I originally thought this, I was, I didn't, I, I didn't quite have my idea formulated, but I'll try to, you know, justify it as best as I can. Um, but in my mind, like a mid-range strategy post-flash is a bit more appealing. Uh, and that's because I've, I think like without the threat of, um, losing early and, you know, the uncertainty of which player is going to be the one that's going to win, uh, committing early is, is great. And and committing early and establishing your board state is um, something you know, kind of your primary strategy as a mid-range deck. Uh, additionally, um, when so I, I think with you know the turn to win being kind of set aside a bit, um, you can kind of trust the tor- turn order a bit better, uh, and therefore um, you kind of you get you get to know when it's safe to leave up mana or it's safe to commit you know like an early value piece 
And that's, once again, like a property of a mid-range deck that you want to be present. Yeah, I can definitely see that where, like, it's, yeah, the the hallmark of success for a mid-range deck is the ability to, like, safely tap out and the ability to, like, see windows where you can safely tap out to generate yeah, exactly. more value later on in the game, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I, you know, like, with there not being this instant speed win condition, like, that is just... In fact, I don't think there'll be very many instant speed win conditions at all, so, like, great window. So, I appreciate that viewpoint, but in order to capture the full range of things, I would like to pose an opposing idea of where mid-range will go in this metagame. Um, well, allow me to retort. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, just, I mean, just to, you know, get all sides of the argument. And I think there are some points that might also be true. Maybe simultaneously, maybe not. But um, I think that there are some ways where mid-range strategies will actually get worse after this. Um, I think that the mid-range strategies that we were seeing right like currently right now pre flash ban and stuff like oracle hulk i don't think will quite exist uh as much anymore um like decks like stuff like decks relying on timna uh, to generate draw and be able to just continuously jam out pieces while everybody's sort of stuck in a mexican standoff and eventually you get to the point where like the person with five value pieces in play wins the game because they accumulated 10 counter spells or whatever. Um, I don't think that those types of mid-range decks are really going to exist as well anymore just because with like less instant speed sandbagging and with less like threatening of winning on other people's turn cycles, I think it's a lot more reasonable to expect there to be more early win attempts. Just because there's like a lot less of a chance that you just get one on top of. Or like it's it's a lot safer to if it, if it makes sense, it's a lot safer to jam uh, a combo during your own turn now. Yeah, it, it, I guess it works. Um, I think like the the fact that there is no, no longer the presence of flash kind of works for both strategies in that yeah. sense then, because um, you, you, you know when to commit and you also know when to go off. Yeah, well, and, I think I think this will, again, sort of be part of uh a meta churn in that people like people will play people are let's say people are playing like a consult timothrasios list because people are obviously going to play that deck then there's a few people playing similar stuff so you go okay i'm gonna add in just like a few more greed pieces because like these games are going a little long so like i'm gonna jam i don't know like Maybe it's Narset. You're like, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna see if I can fit Narset into this deck, or, or like, just, just to like put slow. like Notion Thief with no wheels in the deck. I mean, I think Notion Thief's just gonna be yeah, in the deck either fair. way. But but like, like yeah, just, you're like, I'm trying gonna, to go I'm over start the top. Fitting in a few more, I'm gonna fit in a Narset. I'm gonna see if I can fit in like I don't know, maybe it's like more Mimi stuff, like Compost or whatever it is. Uh, runic Armstrong, sure. Runic Armstrong, <laughs> sure. Runic Armstrong is a great example. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be tapping out, you know. I'll cast these engines on turn two and turn three, and then I'll just be set for these long games. And then people counter that by going a little greedier, going a little deeper. And then it reaches a point where everyone's trying to develop these mana engines or these value engines for the long game. And you're like, oh, you played a smothering tithe. You played 
a Faber Elder, and you played a Runic Armasaur uh, food chain. And then, like, if people get too greedy, the early wins come back, and then people start playing the early interaction to stop that, and then there's there's sort of natural counterplay to both of those strategies both people going oh it's safe to do early wins because flash is gone or it's safe to do early value engines because flash is gone and i think the key to that is that the reason why that exists as a cycle now um is because there aren't really many decks that can do all of it at once anymore yeah right like it, it's very difficult now to have a dedicated deck that can both win as early as turn two with very little setup or very consistently threaten early wins as well as have like immense grind game power you you very much have to make a choice now and i think like that definitely contributes a large yeah, amount I think, I think food chain can threaten early wins and can also threaten early interaction but can't really go long in the grind game and like the you kind of have to pick two of the three of early wins early interaction grind game Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, one, one of the biggest things that I'm kind of taking from, from your guys' arguments is that Flash really was suppressing the, the development turns. You know, maybe, you know, people were not developing on turn, like, on turn three and were very trepidatious, you know, and, and cautious about holding up counter spells. So they'd, they'd, things would, would get prolonged and they'd be developing their the development would get pushed to a point when they can both hold up interaction and develop simultaneously. And this, you know, people might now be overconfident um, and, you know, taking an extra full turn to develop right as some of the earliest wins are coming online. So there seems to be a bit of, you know, pulling in, in opposite directions there. Um, yeah. Interesting, interesting, uh, interesting ideas. Uh, now, in my opinion, I think that things are going to be, at least right off the bat, I think there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, just like the the concept of price memory. I think there's going to be just a lot of, you know, PTSD from from Hulk. I think people are going to be, I think initially things are still going to be a bit grindy. Um, development might, you know, still people are still going to be, I think, packing more interaction than than you know we might find in. You know, a couple months, uh, more value engines, uh, and and people might still be cautious about going for an early win. So I think initially things are probably going to be um, a bit grindier, but we could see things you know start to pe- people start to press that that early advantage more, as 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 Reed was saying. Yeah. Um, any anything else in terms of strategies that you guys want to want to discuss? Sounds good to me. I mean, I think, yeah, I think the first thing that's gonna, we're gonna see, we're gonna first see just like a lot of decks that people took Hulk out of and then retooled a little bit. Um, yeah, so our, our console, Thrasius Timna, and, you know, Meta Staples, Urza, Kess. Um, I think the first sort of new wave of new decks we're gonna see is gonna be stacks just because there's been a lot of like, orphaned stacks players yeah, just a lot of disenfranchised <laughs> stacks <laughs> players. like i just can't play i want to play stacks and i just can't because i just give games to like i either i give games to hulk or if i don't i give them to like najila or something every time um 
and now those people can play Stax, so they'll sort of come in with a vengeance, and... I mean, Stax is definitely good against Ad Nauseam. It's not as great against just, like, console, but with some, some teching and, you know, Hushbringers, potentially, Rule of Laws, that sort of thing, uh, are quite good against uh, Oracle and Jace. So... That will be like, I think that will be the first wave that really shakes things up is that people will get their faces kicked in by Stax decks and and then they'll switch to some other strategy that they think is good against the Stax deck and then slowly, you know, diversity will return to the metagame. So before before we move on to our, our next uh, subcategory here, we, we've kind of given every answer under the sun in terms of which strategy is going to be optimal in in this uh, post flash world so you know let's let's try avoid let's try to avoid being politicians here and uh, taking every side and give give our listeners something to to use practically so if we had to make a recommendation for a strategy like should you be doing good going mid range or fast combo or you know you know some kind of hybrid or, or including lots of value engines what what recommendation uh, would you give, or, or can can we arrive on any sort of consensus for the, for the so I th- first I think, month or so? I think the generic, um, the generic answer for this is pretty much always uh, play a blue deck with a good amount of uh, interaction, a bit of value generation that you can do for, and a good win con. <laughs> so just a good like yeah. principled CEDH. you know, generic shell, nothing too spicy. Yeah, templated. I think yeah. I think consult Nas. Thrasios or uh, Consult Kess are both like extremely generic. Like they're never going to be like terrible, no matter what meta you're in, and they are like they're very they're obviously very strong decks. Um, so they're good as just sort of generic recommendations. I think there are in most metas there would be a better choice than one of those two, but without knowing what your meta is going to look like. It, the, mm-hmm. those choices would not you wouldn't be able to say which of those choices would be the strongest it's kind yeah. of and of those two i think like they probably changed the least after this like in, in regards to their you know like pre-flash ban lists yeah it's kind of it's kind of a bit of a boring recommendation but i think it makes the most sense you know people are going to be trying to juke the meta so you know maybe just stick with something that that is the meta and you know everyone's you know juking one way juking the other way so just stick in the middle and and play uh, just as all-around solid deck and you'll probably see some some really uh decent success um but yeah so our next category and, and morgan was touching on this before i uh before we started talking about that, uh, and that and that is stacks um so i'm pretty sure we can all agree that stacks um is going to be a lot more defining in this new meta than it was in the previous meta. Um, and I think we've touched on this in the uh, in our episode called uh, The Best Deck, where we're, where that was just when uh, Thassa's Oracle was spoiled. And we talked about the uh, Flash Hulk consult, you know, uh, dichotomy where you can't hit both combos with like stacks pieces that exist or at least it's very very hard to i think hushbringer is like the closest thing but it's not it's not perfect either um but now that one half of that dichotomy is gone 
there is now and and you know consult is is really the the win condition to target it also happens that you know lots of decks that are good with consult like you know food chain where you've got that great uh forbidden tutor synergy also relies on casting multiple spells in a turn um and these decks that are running forbidden tutors all have you know greedy mana bases so we finally have a format where stacks hits uniformly the top decks in the or the top strategies and and combos in the format and not only does it hit them it also hinders their primary game plan so not doesn't just stop the combo which like yeah, uh, graph diggers case it's a did. huge difference to what um like what types of stacks pieces were effective against flash yeah, right, where, yeah. like, like Gra- yeah. Grafdigger's Cage was only was only stopping their their combo, and they're sitting there drawing you know infinite cards with Thrasius and Timna, and you know sandbagging counter spells to the end of time. But you know these rule of law rule of law effects, you know uh, moon effects, they're they're stopping the uh, ability, they're, they're they're hindering their ability to actually cast their combo pieces um, in one turn or protect their combo pieces or you know stick a lot of development. So. This is this is really the 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 stacks renaissance in in CDH I think. It's sort of yeah, it's basically yeah, the absolutely. revival the revival of the rule of law. Yeah, so do you, do anyone want to go I mean I kind of mentioned rule of law, uh blood moon and back to basics. Those are really like the standard, you know, combo uh, sorry, standard stacks pieces um that I mean, some I mean, Blood Moon and and, Rule, yeah. and uh, Back to Basics are you know kind of carryovers from the the previous format. Where obviously for it's gonna it's hard to imagine a time when Blood Moon and Rule of Law is gonna be or Blood Moon and Back to Basics is gonna be bad because um, everyone's on these greedy mana bases with Tainted Pact. But you know, Rule of Law very important as well. Um, I think and and there's there's a few other see, uh, pieces if if we want to yeah discuss them. I think we're gonna see a lot more of the three ball. I think Trinisphere took a major dive from yeah. having single spell wins in the format. And now that we're back to having to cast multiple spells in a turn for the most part to win the game, I think Trinisphere is a huge boon. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I haven't heard, I haven't heard many people uh, discussing three ball, but that makes point. a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I can definitely get behind um, that. I, I um, also think stuff like, um, I think particularly this is a big one, uh, root maze be able to come back um in select decks i think like root maze wasn't particularly great especially against like the dork heavy decks just because of the combination of dork mana as well as very very mana efficient wins that didn't require a lot of colors but now it's sort of like root maze definitely makes it difficult to cast oracle plus consult just because dorks just don't make that mana Mm, speaking I... speaking of uh of dorks as well curse totem i don't think curse totem has really gotten any worse uh in terms of just it's not stopping the uh combo engines uh in terms of you know food chain or or uh consult but it does definitely hinder development um because green is as strong as ever you know nothing nothing beats the consistency of uh of the green mana dorks in the format so uh being able to stop that and turn off uh thrasios activations if people are going to be leaning on those for value so and i, I know it's technically nice. not 
stacks, but along that line, also I think board wipes are going to be a lot stronger against like sort of more mid-rangey console decks than they were against Flash. Um, and speaking of of uh, board wipes and removal, so we're going to be getting to that in the next section, which is interaction. But I think we're going to see a massive uptick in in these kinds of effects due to this next card that we're going to be talking about, which I think is going to be uh, quite. I don't want to say meta-defining, but it's going to be meta-warping and not... not. I don't want to say meta-warping because, you know, in the same sentence, it's, Flash it's, is meta-warping. It's not really, it's not really meta-warping. It's going to it's be just, changing yeah. the effect. It's going to be changing the, the types of decks people are selecting. Um, it's going to be putting some pressure on higher CMC uh, decks that are commander-focused. Um, and it's also going to be dictating that people run more single-target creature removal and uh, board wipes. And I think before and the card we are talking about is, of course, uh, Dranith Magistrate, yeah. and that's from the new uh, our new Accordia's. two mana. Yeah, it's Overlord. really just like just I think just to get it out there. I think anybody that's done any amount of testing with it so far, I mean, it hasn't exactly been like legal for. Um, uh, I don't think it's been legal for ranked leagues yet. But, I mean, just for having played the card and tested it, I definitely think, like, it's going to be a major, major focus. <laughs> or, well, a major pain point yeah. for a lot of decks, um, as well as something that's going to see a large amount of play. Yeah, uh, does someone want to read the card? Because it is technically sure. a, a new card. It is a 2-mana okay. 1-3. It casts for 1 and a white, and it says... Your opponents cannot cast spells from anywhere other than their hands. Which, of course, means you cannot yes. cast your commander if it is in the command zone. Yikes. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's also non-symmetrical, so there's pretty much no reason why um, you shouldn't run it in your white deck. <laughs> Very big incentive also to, just, to be running uh, white. It doesn't even just stop commanders, it also stops... I think we went over this in our past episode. Um one episode ago or we might have but yeah just it stops commanders it stops like cast from casting from graveyard once she's in play stops, stops underworld, underworld, stops underworld breach. it stops chain it stops breach. food chain <laughs> you can't cast stuff from exile to win with food chain so cast from exile creatures don't work shuts off urza urza activations don't work anymore um yeah it's Honestly, just, I, think this, I think this card's just like urza's worst nightmare oh yeah no, it's, it's like, like oh, you, it, it's <laughs> oh, it's often going to get into play before Urza. You're not going to have ways of permanently dealing with it, and you like struggle to win through it. Yeah, because it shuts off your activations. Uh, it's actually brutal. It also shuts off Scepter. Yeah, you, you also can't win with Scepter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, and this is very interesting, and we learned it just last night. It does not stop <laughs> God Eternal Kefnet. No, 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 no! It doesn't stop God Eternal Kefnet's ability. <laughs> Let's be yes. very clear here. <laughs> yes, because the copies are created in your hand and then cast from your hand. So it's interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I think some of the incidental effects here are actually going to be relevant um, in the same way that I think Graph Digger's Cage being, you know, a very cheap, efficient way to answer or to sort of answer Flash Hulk. Um, had some knock-on effects in terms of, you know, really punishing Yisan and uh, decks that want to use le leverage uh, casting cards from the graveyard heavily. So Breach decks, Yawgmoth's Will Storm, uh, Cass. So the prevalence of Cage was was kind of hurting those cards and suppressing. I think Draneth is going to have, sorry, Draneth Magistrate is going to have a 
similar kind of effect. Um, again, incentivizing people away from breach, um, maybe some you know, CAS activations and Yogmas will and food chain and also just high cost of commander centric strategies in general <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. if you're if your deck relies on having your commander in play and your commander costs more than like three mana good luck also good another, luck. another like interesting effect that i suspect that we might see from this is that it will encourage people and not just this they're much more playable now and also the prevalence of things like timna and Najila will encourage people particularly those with higher cost commanders that they off like in like the four mana range that they often rely on for blocking timnas and najilas and like that you know you play them and they're like your your defensive body i think we will see an uptick in like slightly more mid-rangey creatures because they are a little bit safer to cast in the early turns of the game and you can't necessarily rely on getting your commander in play as easily. And Timna is still every bit as real a card as she was last week. Yeah, so. Timna definitely doesn't yep. get any worse from the flash ban, sort of say. <laughs> We're well, still. But I, yeah. do think, I do think it gets easier to play yes. counters yes. to her. Um, Dude, Tyrannus Magistrate, 1 3. Great Timna blocker. See, the thing about that is that <laughs> great, it's great Timna also, attacker. It's also a great Timna attacker because it both attacks for Timna <laughs> and stops opposing Timnas and Thrasios from coming down. Why can't the, it die to Pyroclasm? And the issue with this is like, as well as that fact, the so the whole thing. I'm this is getting to speculative territory, but in from my brewing brain, from like what. What I'm looking at when I try to salvage Thras Timna from the flash ban, I guess salvage isn't even a word because there's you don't really have to salvage anything. You're just good by default. But when yeah. I when Wait, I you're so hard done by when I, when I try to <laughs> when I try to rebuild after taking out like the appendix that is flash um, <laughs> from the body of Thrasios Timna, um, I'm really like you really look at playing more like to board creature tutors in a more console centric type of deck because the reason you didn't necessarily want to play those is because your main win conditions really came from um, a lot of the time having hulk in hand so you're really more interested in playing like worldly tutor and just like stuff to get hulk into hand rather than like trying to get smaller stuff on board you still play neoform but that's just because it's a good car on its own I think with an uptick. Eldritch Evolution? I think with an uptick, it didn't. Uh, Oracle Hulk didn't run at Eldritch Evolution. No, but, I said, are you going to run oh, Eldritch Evolution? Oh, but this is what I'm saying. So I think there's, I think there's a very real chance that we see an uptick in two board creature tutors, such as Finale of Devastation, Eldritch Evolution, uh, potentially oh, wow. Court of Calling, in like these dedicated uh, Oracle decks, and I think that's a real issue because of their combination with Dranith Magistrate, where because we're playing these creature tutors there's now just the issue that dranith magistrate is going to come down on turn two so much more often because of that and it's going to be a real real issue if you can't get your commander down like before an opposing turn two because i think there's Court going to is be also a good way to cheese instant speed wins with uh Thor oh yeah that too but i mean like interesting just yeah. I, like i think i think that with a potential uptick in to board tutors, it's really going to be more of an issue than just like, oh, he just had it, or oh, he just like really tiered for it. And those are like the only things that 
go and get it efficiently. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and the the turn two wipes additionally don't really deal with Dranith, so you're kind of stuck on like single target removal as far as like turn two, turn three, which can be a problem like in terms of um, keeping advantage in the game. Yeah, it definitely doesn't seem hard to convince myself to neoform a dork into a Dranith magistrate on turn two. Also, super gross in that it's a 2-4, and if I'm playing Dimna, it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. Basically, oh, infinitely large. <laughs> Although, again, I think that that will be less true than it is now, with regards to creature stats. Uh, potentially, like, yeah. 2-4 is still big, but like I think 2-2 two, two will be a lot less big than it was. I think that there's a lot of stuff that effectively blocks that kind of stat line that is much more playable now. So are we looking at the turn 3, turn 4 wipe, turn 5 commander game plan? Uptick in 5 CMC plus commanders? <laughs> um, okay, so our, our next um, question comes from uh, Bending Guy, and he asks, does Scepter make a comeback in Thrasios and other uh, Bug X decks? Or does Consult become the only win for these mid-range value type decks? So I think I think the correct answer for the reality of the situation here is that um, and like it, answering in respect to what will happen is that I think Scepter will make a comeback in a lot of people's decks. That being said, I don't think Scepter should make a comeback. <laughs> um, if yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Kind of I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people are going to go back to classic CST and try to make that deck uh, work again. But I think that it really, really is not worth it to run Scepter with the printing of Thoracle. It's just way like it. It just makes the win condition way too compact. There's pretty much no downside. Like there's no hate that hits Oracle that like you need to offset by playing a secondary win condition, you can basically just be completely safe um, um, on that front. The other, like, unfortunate thing for people looking to play Scepter is that it does also get hit by Draneth Magistrate. Yeah. <laughs> and Rule of Law. And Rule of Law, both of which will see upticks. Um, I do think that, like, there will be a part of some of the churn that we'll see where these effects like will be playable probably when people are switching off of like people are playing a bunch of greedy creature decks to beat the stacks decks the stacks players can switch to like something like a kess with the board wipes with the anti-creature hate um, and it's possible Scepter winds up, maybe not in specifically Kess, but if people were playing like a blue-green, or sorry, not blue-green, blue-red deck, or, you know, something like Kikar, um, I, like, I think that there's, there will be a part where that's playable, but there's just so many counters to it that it won't ever be, it, it will never come back to being like a staple the way it was in like 2017. Yeah, I, I mm -hmm. think, I think it might be time to declare infinite man combos and thrasios pretty sufficiently dead that's wild like i, I think i think thrasios yeah, that is honestly crazy might, or at least thrasios in the context of thrasios timna might honestly just be a value engine at this point like I'm, I'm not sure anybody could convince me that there's a real argument to playing infinite mana combos uh dock side <laughs> 
if you're sorry if you want to concede that you're going to play baron in a deck sure <laughs> in yeah, the year of our war 2020 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude i love team saber tooth just the giant four three indestructible yeah oh, I, okay i i mm. I, I just want to mm. state that like and this is fully my fault i just for the longest time for like a good two years of having played decks with Team Receiver Tooth in them, using it to win the game, I did not know that it gained indestructible. <laughs> like, oh like my it was, God. it was, it was, That's it awesome. was this year that I learned that it gives itself indestructible. <laughs> and, what? And I, oh, I played Soulfall as my first deck. I helped create Hackball, which uses it as a combo piece. <laughs> um, I like, I played Dockside decks like. <laughs> I mean, reading is hard. Yeah, I mean, apparently so, right? Both <laughs> parsing text and being read. Okay, so one thing one thing we also want to cover in this category is that, uh, you know, and, and this kind of relates, a lot of these, these uh, categories kind of intertwine with each other and, and call back, but the... The fact that non-land non mana sources are going to be as fragile as ever, um, and you know, as we already covered, you know, your your lands, your 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 land-based mana sources are also going to be fragile if you're on a, a tainted pact mana base. So, I think mana mana hate is going to be um, the name of the game in in, in a lot of uh, in a lot yeah. of metas. It just expect your mana to be just denied. in general. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. A lot safer to deny. To deny mana when the color requirements and mana requirements now are three colored sources that dorks can't make as opposed to a single colored source. Like, yeah. Blood Moon and Back to Basics are not just stacks, not just for stacks decks. Like, they fit into a lot of yeah. decks. And that just I'm covers you know, the three. I, I, I definitely, oh, man, I'm going to have fun. I definitely think that, like, if you have a personal vendetta against Tainted Pact or Consult, um, and you just don't feel like playing it in your deck, and it's just not something you're interested in. I think it's very hard to justify if you're not doing that, then not just playing Blood Moon back to basics. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, get at my enchantment based mana sources. <laughs> oh man, dude, yeah, so... I'm just gonna jam those nature's lures, and you can't stop me. <laughs> All basic mana bases, land ramp, free casual now. <laughs> I, so, I mean, yes, some, like, some, some, okay, Morgan, go ahead. I know it was said kind of as a joke, but like, I don't hate nature's lore or uh, three visits, but like the two, two mana sorcery speed ramp spells that bring a land in untapped. If your meta doesn't have a ton of the blood, a moon forest and does have like door Kate and potentially rock hate, nature's lore doesn't compare too unfavorably to a signet or talisman. I think it's sorry. I think it's really important that we say that they bring forests in just forests because yes. just because like that means that you're very tempted to put your duels into play, and those are both and duels are susceptible to back basics and blood moon. Yeah, they're not great if everyone's playing blood moon, but and and you need you're gonna need to be fetching not just basic forests, but in if if you think that you can find duels reasonably safely, uh, then uh, they're they compare quite favorably to uh, yeah, signets or talismans. Um, yeah, so we just want, before we, we wrap up uh, this segment, uh, we'll say, you know, in terms of the you know artifact mana, 
it's just as easily hated now as it was uh, in the past. In fact, we've seen a steady trend away from artifact mana towards dork-based mana. Uh, I think maybe like a couple of years ago, it used to be more of like an even split. Uh, now it's you know heavily skewed towards dorks. You know, Timna Winter, very 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 cold. Not getting any warmer. Uh, dorks are good. Hair attackers draw cards. Um, yeah, so Urza, Kaikar, uh, those are reasons to build into artifacts. Uh, Scepter, we said it's bad. Nullrod and Oof, I'm not sold on these cards um, I, I, right now just because of how good uh, dorks are. Uh, expect there to be churn, as we've discussed. That's a you know a big trend. So people start transitioning away from from dorks into rock decks. You know that are if you're people are running like Opus Thief and Cass and all these non-green decks with you know rocks. Uh, you can take a look at Null Rod and Oof. I still think that uh, Null Rod effects are not where you want to be in terms of um, trying to have your deck be prepared for like generic metas. Um, so and and they're kind of susceptible. Like if you're gonna play, if the, if you're playing into those, um, in, into into rock based metas where they're you know casting creature based board wi- uh, creature board wipes, then you probably don't want to be running something like Collector Oof. But, so what uh, you're saying yeah, is cents. we all just play Meltdown into blind metas now. Yeah, yeah of course, much. of course. Everyone's just <laughs> running the, the hate for you know everything else. Meltdowns going left and right, uh, anger of the gods, all 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 the good see, stuff. Okay, right. Morgan, you see, we're playing both sides now. So we get everybody to run Meltdown and everybody else to run the Powerclasms, and then we just go straight to lane ramp. <laughs> get them down all the right. middle. Read, sure. yeah. read. We've already discussed Pyroclasms. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into we'll get into again in, in interaction, but Pyroclasms just. Aren't going to cut it anymore with uh, this this nasty one three running around. I okay. Um, I mean, they're not ideal. I think they're still very good. And uh, like you said, uh, Timna Winter's not getting any warmer. I think it. I mean, Timna's just as gross as she always was, but I think it is easier to play things that counter her. And I think we will see some more of that. Um, and if creatures are being attacked heavily, then people might be switching to artifacts and then null rod collector oof become maybe not collector oof if creatures are still being attacked but null rod and stony silence as well um because you could just run good old uh fashioned seeds of innocence if you're in green yeah instead of the meltdown i mean yeah meltdown even like i mean i've loved by force and kess for a very long time that card has just i mean not once everyone started playing Flash Hulk, but like, <laughs> but prior to that, that point, just yeah, so much work. Um, I think By Force is probably it, it replaced it replaced Shattering Spree and I'm mean, um, or not Shattering Spree, sorry, it replaced um, Vandal, Vandal Blast. And I'm sort of sad about that because Vandal Blast is a sick design, but continue. Yeah. Like, yeah. it, it's it, it's great in the decks where, like, you really don't want to be playing Meltdown in Kess with your, like, 15 artifacts. Um, but, yeah, so just, I do think there will be a point when anti-artifact hate is good, but that point will not be right away. Um, and our true, actual final last point on the category of stacks is good riddance to rest in peace and graph diggers cage. Yeah, get out of so, here. Yes. 
if you're so if you're a Gitrog player, you're you're rejoicing about rest in peace being oh, gone. And I'm you know, out of all so the stack happy. pieces we've mentioned, I'm so happy. Do you know who is very very happy? Yisan players, dude. They're they're just loving this moment right now. Yisan <laughs> plays well into rule of law. All plays well <laughs> into the non basic land hate. Uh, plays well without if the fact that there's no graph cage is great for for uh, Yisan. The only now, problem is that it doesn't play well into opponents with CDH decks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, poor. Just part of the charm, man. Players. You can hate. You can hate. Um, yeah. So. Uh, uh, the next category is interaction, and we already touched on this a bit, but uh, I'm pretty sure that, you know, Dranith Magistrate being such an important part of the meta is going to um, incentivize more single target creature removal to be included in decks, as well as board wipes. Um, and I think these board wipes, like, I think Toxic Deluge has been on the decline in CDHX for a while, and you know, I think it's about to see a, a decent I, I think we're probably going to um, see an uptick in deluge yeah just because like it's it's yeah. so much better when you can actually play non-green decks now <laughs> which which yeah. are way more likely to want toxic deluge yeah, and also an important point is as we were discussing on you know pyroclasms and what kinds of board wipes you want uh massacre was something that was seen play to you know help answer you know timnas and dorks but you know, if you're trying to cast your commander and you're locked by this uh, Dranith Magistrate, your Massacre is not looking so hot. I mean, I'm still, I, I'm, I'm still probably playing Clasms, and I, I'm not going to go that far. I, th I think I think an uptick in spot removal is probably correct for murdering yeah. Dranith. I don't know, but man. I'm, that's, I'm that's thinking that before. the three three damage wipes um, in, in for like the the red the red decks that were on Clasms are are quite real to, the to consider. A lot of them are double red yeah that, that is that's true. very awkward that's true. Yeah. although radiant flames could be spicy because it doesn't have to be three if you don't want it to be three um, and and if you really want it volcanic fallout is not counterable <laughs> but it's but also that's only, it's two only two damage yeah, yeah. um that's fair but yeah, yeah I mean, the unfortunate part about massacre is you really want to recast it with kess but you can't do that <laughs> if it's being locked out by a train <laughs> I, I still think you play massacre and kess oh yeah just yeah you absolutely so do. yeah i'm just um, i'm just really I think uh, another. I guess we'll we'll never mind. We'll get into this a little bit later after uh, after the next section, but it's somewhat related to uh, the removal people will be playing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think I think that's so I think, you know. So people are going to be be aware. People are going to be running wipes and, 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 and also yeah. And spot you removals, should be running. Spot removal is definitely going up again <laughs> because there's a lot more. There's a lot more things that you can stop with it now, <laughs> in general. Yeah. Um. And so Reed, you've got a you've got a point. Yeah. Here so this on... is less about the unban and more about current spoilers and printings. Um. There's the whole cycle of free interaction um, for as long as you control your commander um, that was spoiled slash printed. Um, and I think it's really going to shape some decks going forward, considering that they really, really incentivize um, playing commanders with lower CMCs just so you get access to all these, in frankly, like insane interactive spells. Yeah. 
crazy just effects. Just keep it stuff like turning why? turning Thrasios. Why is there this new cycle of free turning Thrasios into a why? negate or a misdirection that can also misdirect abilities for free? Yeah, um, like imagine having red with Thrasios and then just having this was two free counters. So, so I mean, I mean, you guys might not be following this because I know none of you care about uh, Curious Control. Um, maybe you do more. That's not true. I played Curious Control for many months. Um, but we recently have updated the deck um, due to these spoilers. Um, of course, not. We haven't updated it to take the Crafter's Cage out yet. Um, but um, with these new updates, we put in three of the new free interactive spells. So we're on the free negate, the black we're on one, the, the yeah, yeah, the red misdirect, and we're on the black exile for free because it's just. They're so good with a curiosity on Vile Smasher, and you're casting all of your stuff anyway. It's just <laughs> yeah, honestly just ridiculous. Dumb people for four. Well, dumb people, but also the... tapping out to play like Vile Smasher plus a curiosity effect, and then people try to remove it, and you're just like, nope, nope, not doing that. <laughs> Let me draw a card. Yeah, and I've been, I've been a fan that. of uh, Misdirection for a long time and Force of Negation, even though people are like, eh, you know, it's like mediocre in some decks. It's like, being able to tap out and feel confident in in you know in having your board secure and prevent you know direction. I mean, this was this is more of a thing in in the Hulk you know Hulk meta where you had to constantly be aware of of you know not tapping out to allow the uh, the Flash Hulk win. So having like you know misdirection to help you know in counter wars or uh, you know force of negation answer that kind of stuff. Always always been a, a fan of that. And now this is just. You know, incentivizing that kind of strategy even more. Although I do think yeah. I do think force of negation definitely got a lot less good. Yeah, I'd say I'd say so as well. Yeah. Honestly, like an easier condition to satisfy is having your commander rather than choosing a card in your hand to exile, and like, also at, it not being your and not turn. being your turn. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that point on like misdirection also applies with deflecting yeah. spot. Like you just sometimes it's hard to to exile that one card, and with deflecting spot, it's like. You really are set up pretty Dude, often to not imagine have to. not being able to misdirect gilded drakes. Yeah, I am. God, kind of that's it's that. so yeah. disgusting. <laughs> it's also it's also like pretty. It's not great that this is yet another cycle of cards that really pushes people towards playing to play commanders, like low cost or, commanders, yeah. particularly yeah, more colors, yeah, more yeah, colors. Because partners are by, on average quite low CMC, especially the powerful ones. Yeah. Um, this is all basically to say that Kenrith is at an all-time low and go play Nigel instead. Upsets me. There's I, I like don't see what the case was for pretty uninspired. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. They're just like uninspired and they're really good and they encourage people to not do fun things with them. But yeah, that being like, said, this is unfortunately not the let's all pile on play design <laughs> podcast because oh, we yeah. already did that one so we need to move on and continue covering meta updates <laughs> yeah okay. so these are, these are legal cards you have to consider <laughs> next subject you know we've also got some uh, free free spells in here and and that's the strength of a uh, single target artifact enchantment removal so force of vigor natural state are cards that i think are going to be um Definite considerations to bring into your deck as like, you know, the flex slot, I guess, depending on uh, your meta. But enchantments are 
there's there's been there's been an, uh, an increasing trend in strong value based enchantments, um, and that, that's just been creeping up over time to the point where steel enchantment is like not even that spicy tech. It, people people are running in all kinds of lists just to oh that's my rule of law now that's my silver library <laughs> that's, that's, that's my, my rule yeah. of law now. <laughs> Oh, that's dude, yeah, that's that, my that, dude. I only target rule of laws if I steal enchantment. <laughs> Wait, did I say yes, rule of laws? I meant to say risk study. I meant 100% the most productive use of my steal enchantment. Uh, <laughs> well, yes, yes, um, I would like yeah, to take the rest in peace. <laughs> Mega flex. Um, but yeah, so I think force of vigor and natural state are going to be great. Um, you know, food chain we've talked about going to be a very strong. Um, a very strong deck so you know being able to answer that kind of win condition um answering people's value engines uh answering you know rule of laws if you're trying to win as a uh, as a consult deck you know, they, these are going to be important aspects so i think running force of vigor natural state nature's claim all all the standard removal spells and then it's going to be something to uh to, to look at and consider yeah i think it's going to be I like think a, the, uh, uh, sorry go ahead I think it'll be hard to pick um, exactly what your removal suite is, especially because like, or like, it's it's gonna be hard to pick the sweet spot for enchantment removal because, like, in you know a, such a diverse meta, you do have to take into account a lot. So I think in, as part of the churn, there'll be points where enchantments are like clearly dominant, and there'll be parts of the churn where you know, people catch on to that and decide that they're gonna spend most of their removal slots, you know, to deal with enchantments and. Uh, yeah, like, it'll it'll be interesting people needing both to play more creature removal and more artifact and enchantment removal, like, where that sort of shakes out and which cards people decide are and are not good enough uh, mm -hmm. in those roles. Yeah, right, I think like, things like steel enchantment are, like, going to be the, the kind of meta meta slots where it's like, oh, if enchantments are big right now, value, yeah. things are grindy, we're going to bring in steel enchantment, but... I think force of vigor, um, you know, maybe maybe not uh, na natural state, but you know, force of vigor, nature's claim, you know, trophy and and uh, decay. Those are the kinds of effects that are gonna you know be more or less consistent and turn. Dependent. Honestly, people yeah. are going to play trophy and decay. Hot takes from <laughs> Lyndon. Honestly, though, like I do think that I, we might have gone over this multiple times before, but I really do think that like force of vigor has really proven itself is in like the upper echelon of removal spells oh, yeah. as long as you're playing dorks at all it's just like god it's so good <laughs> whoops I like paying full dork. cost for a force of vigor is not even the worst no seriously it's <laughs> legitimately so our our last kind of mini segment here before we actually talk about you know our our picks for the winners and losers in terms of actual decks um is on the speed of the format so how do you guys think that this, you know, we're losing the fastest deck in the format? How is is, this, is everything going to, you know, are, are, are we just cutting, chopping off that and kind of staying the same? Are things going to transition to be slower? I mean, things were already getting grindy with, with Hulk around with, in kind of a paradoxical effect that we covered before. Like, how how, how is this going to shake out? I mean, I, speed. I feel like when people talk about deck speed, there's kind of two factors that often get rolled into one. Like, Flash is the fastest, was the fastest deck in the format in that if you wanted to, you could have the lowest goldfish number. 
but it wasn't the fastest deck in the format in terms of like normal play patterns and when it was looking to win. And so I think that now we will see decks that are actually trying to be fast be more popular and that will be somewhat balanced against the more mid-range popularity that Matt was talking about earlier. Um, and I think it will depend on the balance in every meta. We will see some, like, super greedy consult deck, you know, like, consult greed grind mirrors that just... It's like, alright, we're each gonna draw 70 cards and just one-for-one one each other until one of us, like has one less value engine over the course of 10 turns and that makes the difference um and we will also see like whoops we all tapped out for our greedy stuff on turn three and died to food chain like yeah there's kind of two mindsets there's the players who want to build the decks that you know are going to win the race like you know win the sprint i guess and then the, the players who want to build the decks that you know uh kind of can go as long as possible without just you know being unfocused and i think also the decks that like the sprint decks are much more viable not just because they might work a little better but also because you're much less likely to lose if you don't win like it's not just oh i tried to win turn three i got stopped the flash hulk player like untapped and won yeah it's a lot yeah it's a lot less likely that like the dedicated grind decks are going to be taking advantage of windows early in the game yeah i think that the moral of the story is that the speed of the format is going to be dependent on which you know cycle of the churn we're in <laughs> kind of the theme for the i think that should just podcast. be called the podcast like the title of the podcast even though it is a band flash episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay so moving on into our list of winners and losers so in terms of winners uh morgan matt reed you guys want to sure sure listen yeah, stuff so consult yeah that, that's a big winner <laughs> i disagree yes hot takes okay wow. morgan elaborate i don't think i don't think its comparison to every other deck in the meta improved i think like obviously it was kind of the next best thing so now it's the best thing and I guess that's one way in which you could call it a winner, but I think, like, I think if you compare it to pretty much any other deck, I think it's less good against them now than it was before. Or, like, it's less good against all the meta excluding Flash than it was before. My reasoning is, I think it's the best deck you can put Dranath into, and I think it's the best deck to play against other people having Dranath in their deck. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. That's also it does, it does win a oh, sorry. I guess it. I don't think it won that much from the flash ban. It definitely wins a lot from the Dranith yeah. Magistrate printing and also Fierce Guardianship yeah, to a lesser extent. Yeah. Um, okay. the other one that Reed. I have here is not Hall Graveyard decks. Um, basically anything that wanted to use the graveyard at all won huge with this banning. Um, like Razakets is like at probably an all-time high right from this i have to say like in comparison to the rest of the stuff in the format um just yeah well i mean we also have to we have to qualify this right so it's this is this is non-hulk yeah. graveyard decks that 
that don't do specific things that interfere or, or that that get hosed by the, some of the hate we've talked yeah. about, right? This, it's, so, it's, are you trying to cat? Are you trying to do Yogmoth's will or, or yeah. uh, Underworld breach stuff and, and run into Rule of Laws and Dranus Magistrate? Probably not looking so hot. You know, you're trying to reanimate Razaketh. Okay, well, goodbye. Rest in peace is gone. Graph Cage is gone. So you're or you're laughing. reanimating Keteric, Keteric Leviathan or Jinkataxius, right? Like just. Stuff, yeah, stuff yeah. that's actually good into rule of law. Um, and like Getrog, you know, my. Yeah, my it's, it's just the, is, the stuff uh, that it used that. Well, I was going to say it got it got better in terms of losing like rest in peace and whatnot, but it, it got, you know, dinged significantly by the existence of being um, a commander centric deck that's, you know, a five drop commander. So Draineth Magistrate is, you know, really punishing yeah, for it's, that. It's really, it's really so about like some the, the big winners are the things that use the graveyard in a way that doesn't cast things from the graveyard or like move yeah i guess like cast things from the graveyard um but <laughs> that like are really gonna benefit from a downtick in rest in peace and Grafter's cage because like the, obviously it's not super efficient to just run those in the blind anymore um you really actually do have to have a justification to be putting rest in peace and cage into your decks over say more yeah. stormy hate or more generic hate pieces that are better against the wider field so like really like any yeah especially cats is going to gain a lot from this and i think i kind of miss the like reanimate visit of uh, villas hype so i'm kind of happy i can get back on that yeah um <laughs> the other thing is like i think that i i think that a lot of the decks you're describing also fall into uh what i'm now calling decks with mid-tier card quality <laughs> which is like which is decks that have an easier time like more ways of actually winning than just like consult metaball um and th like then they're well positioned to take advantage of the greed and like the consult decks are really good at playing uh the game that flash forced everyone to play but like they're not necessarily as good against people like playing spells that need to be answered sort of more frequently um and so like something like razakats where you have like this you know decently large package of reanimation enablers or like more maybe you in something like Kess, you're probably still on console, but leaning a little bit more heavily into the storm, even if that dilutes your card quality a little bit, or some yeah. whatever people settle on in blue red. Um, I think that those decks just become like infinitely more playable. Twenty twenty is not the year just of the tendies, like, man. When it's not just like a card quality off. Tendies in every deck. Um let's do it. Along oh, those wish. same sort of lines, uh, I'd say a huge winner from this entire ordeal is the Definitely Not Veral's package slash the IRL Academy Rector that I own that I haven't gotten to play in actual months. <laughs> <laughs> huge. I'm, I'm going to love I'm gonna love putting an Academy Rector into play. <laughs> yeah, and I think we already touched on some of the other decks that, you know, won a bit, like Yes and and but uh yeah there there lots of decks have have won i think yeah the biggest the biggest some of the biggest winners are just like tier 2 through 1.5 now being playable um but yeah let's talk about the losers boo 
Number one on the yeah. losers list. Huge, My huge loser. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> base strategies. Loser. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and and I'm I'm glad I'm glad uh, she's a loser. And that's uh, Anna Fenza. Uh, yeah, I mean the deck was built to be an anti-meta deck against Hulk, and you know incidentally get Rog and, and Raza Cats, and uh, the number one deck that it was hating on just poof. Up in smoke. So her, her, her ability is is uh, its whole existence was nullified. Yeah, totally, yeah, totally useless. A, Although that's a hundred. The thing right with Anafenza is the core of the deck. Like the the deck is built on a commander independent shell. Um, so the idea was just to get an early Anafenza and then you know doing Raz Razaketh, you know hate bearsy kind of stuff. That's that's still a viable game plan. So I think I'm going to transition my. Uh, an offensive deck into something like Timna Ikra, but not going to do the full farm turbo ad nauseum thing and maybe kind of stick with a uh, just Razaketh hate bears, maybe a bit stacks your value oriented build. And uh, I'll see how that goes. For the, for the record, this makes me so much more likely to enjoy playing with Linda in real life. <laughs> 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 It's the worst, but now it's not. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> or it's the opposite. It's actually turbo. The banning of flash is actually a huge personal win for me because it means I got to play my favorite strategy <laughs> without people hating on it. <laughs> yeah. Reed is no longer a super villain. So that's, yeah, that's great. I feel like this whole podcast has just been us dumping on the person Reed used to be. <laughs> I'm a new man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reformed. <laughs> I've, I've gone to okay, rehab. So our, our next, flash anymore. Our, our next loser. Reed, you want to sure. get this one? Um, uh, big, big loser is primary scepter strategies. So decks that are looking to utilize scepter. Um, as their primary goal, uh, we sort of touched on this earlier, but the fact that first of all, Oracle has basically obsoleted it in most cases, and the fact that on the other hand, Draft Magistrate basically means that it is going to see unprecedented levels of main deck hate for it is rough to say the least, and also rule and also rule of laws. laws. <laughs> <laughs> The triple yeah. whammy, yeah. Okay, um, Morgan, do you want to get this last one? Sure. So the last one is wheels. And first of all, these were generally pretty nice against uh, Hulk because they were, like, they when people were trying to sandbag their wins in their hand, committing a wheel was something that non-Hulk players at the table were often okay with letting it resolve, which meant that you didn't have, like... You could deal with a flash in someone's hand without presenting something that if it resolved you won and therefore attracting a bunch of counter magic from non-Hulk players. Um, and just the the style of that also, if a whole bunch of people are just trying to accumulate massive amounts of card advantage and then you're just like, and let's just reset this. Um, that also sort of played really well against those strategies. And I think another reason it's a big loser is that um, we're going to be seeing a lot of the Opus Thief pieces, even in decks that aren't specifically playing wheels. And uh, 
if everyone at your table has a Notion Thief and a Smothering Tithe in their deck, the odds that one of them is in play is pretty high when you go to cast your wheel. Okay. Yeah. And I think that wraps it up for uh, the winners and losers. I mean, in, there's in some more strokes, that we could yeah. have... Uh, yeah, yeah. There's. Let us know. Let us know how your deck won or lost in the uh, Discord. I think one of the uh, one of the losers was decks that took advantage of their not being blockers. Like I think that expect blockers. Yeah, I think that people should be expecting blockers, and that yeah, means okay. that decks like like things like Timna and Najila, they're both still like good. But I do think they actually lose a decent amount from, like, I think mm. that sort of the tempo idea that they had doesn't really apply anymore when there's not the pressure from Flash in the same way. Well, I'm kind of on the opposite end, because I think, like, I think uh, with Flash, um, there were so many Timnas that I felt like I couldn't build a deck that wasn't ready to block. And now that, like, maybe uh, there are going to be fewer Timnas just due to variety, um, I can maybe feel safer with strategies that have like a looser block plan that being said though like you know the power of timna an uncontested timna is absolutely ingrained in my mind forever so we'll see <laughs> yep um okay and so the last thing we want to talk about before we uh wrap up the show is going to be the decks we're going to play into the meta oh yeah um so we'll, we'll go through read yeah, this is what everyone's all right i get for. a bunch Un- unleash unleash on the public what's uh what okay, so play? first of all, um, trolls rise up. It is now Veral's time in the sun. Um, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be getting yeah. some mileage. Think- <laughs> Isn't trolls and nice. sun a bit of a no? No, 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 don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna get some mileage out of my Veral's. Um, he looks like he's in a better position now than he's been in a long time. So. Definitely gonna be jamming that. Um, Veralz is actually dude. Put in Death Shadow, oh, good, man. Thanks. Make a big Veralz. Um, Do it. Veralz? Honestly, I never thought I'd be voting for Veralz, but I'm actually genuinely yeah. voting for Veralz. Like, I think it's like I'm happy that you decided to put that. Veralz, like <laughs> the, the whole thing with Veralz, though, it, um, is that like so I mentioned this in pre-show, but so the biggest issue with Veralz is consistency. We all know this. I've talked about it ad nauseum. Um, you just don't have the teeter density to find in tombs or get Hulk into the bin consistently enough. But outside of that, the other biggest problem, the other biggest issue is just people playing hard grave hate and like not relying on soft grave hate or like just not playing soft or hate at all. So with the downtick in grave hate, that's probably going to come along with this. I think for alls actually picks up a fair amount of space because I remember the time when I was having the most success with the deck was really when the meta was filled with like storm hate and storm, which is sort of close to what we have now. So I'm I'm very excited. I think Vraz does incredibly <laughs> well into rule of laws, um, and I'm pretty happy to try him out again. I I'm just so nice. happy that the Hulk decks are interesting like, again. Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, non-blue. <laughs> Dude, okay. I'll be ex- I'll be <laughs> when I see when I see Veral's Hulk, when I see Veral's, you know, in my pod, I will just have the biggest smile on my face. I'll be like, yes, this is yeah. this is the this is the dream that we all we all strove for and we achieved. 
Just pure bliss. <laughs> we all wanted a nerfed Hulk, and we got a nerfed Hulk. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But that doesn't mean it's gone. Um, that being said, my next one is playing various flashless DNV shells. So good old Thrasius Tim to menace with <laughs> all of our favorite Shuffle Hulk memes just without the flash. Um, that's going to be fun. Uh, I have a couple of builds floating around that I'm going to look at trying out. Um, some with Oracle, some without. We'll see. Definitely going to get some use out of my Academy Rector. Thank you very much. Also, all of them are going to be with Valras Shapeshifter because I've I said that, that I've said it so many times. I've wanted to play it for the longest time. I just need an excuse and Flashbeam Band is the excuse. <laughs> I'm now playing Valras Shapeshifter in all my decks. <laughs> um, nice. After that, um, I got some four and five color Hermit, Bru Hermit Druid Brews on the stovetop on the back burner. We'll see where those go. Um, they might be relegated to online play only, so I don't have to proxy them up, but who knows? Maybe we'll get there. Um, and finally, I'm going to get to play some Four Color Ashmi slash Curious Control without the Grafter's Cage. So we have a new slot. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Morgan, what, what, what do you got? What do you got cooking? I mean, I'm still going to play my uh, console cats. Um, I'm going to. Probably put some work into um, Sad Farm. I might convert it to four color because Breach is really good, uh, which is uh, Thrasy or sorry Timnus Silas um, Turbo Ad Nauseum. Um, and uh, all, I'm I'm very excited to be playing Inala with Blood Moons um, and Board Wipes, um, and I'm probably going to put together some sort of stacks deck. I'm currently leaning towards Marath, um, but I, don't, I just really like that card. And uh, I think I'm going to convert the first sliver, which I haven't played in forever, into uh, Kezer and Ukima and play that. Nice. And Matt? also whatever meme strikes my fancy week to week, because that's what I do. <laughs> uh, Matt, Matt, what about you? So my... Um, kind of like dream paper setup, like the three decks that I would like to have, um, like for any meta, uh, as far as like you know the immediate future, I would pick um, Thrasius Timna Consult, uh, probably leaning towards a mid range build, um, just because that complements the other two decks, which are Urza, and that I think that'd be built as kind of a traditional Urza, uh, not really on the polymorph plan, uh, leaning maybe. I don't know. I'm still like not quite set on the Urza, but I think Urza is, is probably one of the stronger stacks decks uh, coming out of this. And then Kess as um, just a pure console list, uh, dealing kind of more with the creature-based uh, meta. Besides those three, um, you know, the regular brews, uh, like literally Thrasios brews. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've been kind of I've I've been kind of messing messing around with like a Luris Infinite Draneths deck, but we'll see. Damn. Okay. Um, for myself, I'll be sticking with Gitrog, even though I'm a bit nervous about how uh, it's going to perform into the uh, Dran uh, Dranus Magistrate meta. Uh, I'm just going to stick with it. Probably my favorite deck of all time. Um, Anafenza, I've already touched on. I'm going to be converting that into a Timna Ikra deck, but still keeping the uh, the Razbear Raz shell. And my Zer deck, I'm probably going to disassemble into um, either one or two different decks. So I'm probably going to do, I was looking at a, uh, 
Yuriko kind of just consult, not not really doing the Yuriko, you know, not doing turn and burn, not doing not doing like, you know, all in ninjas burn, but more of just kind of like a principled consult doomsday deck. Um that runs some solid value engines. So maybe Yuriko and uh you know, maybe maybe Riel from Dude, uh, dude, real is sick. Yeah. I should put that yeah. out there. Yeah, real, real spicy. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really liking Riel. Back to the, basics. Wow. Probably, yeah. You get to you get you get to run Riel as a really cool um, sort of anti-meta deck. You get to run your moons and back to basics. Yeah, you get to do some fun wheelie things and and storm off and and do and, like non-traditional and one mana clear everybody else's board. Oh my god. Oh yeah, there's lots of fun tricks. There's yeah. lots of fun tricks with uh, that. Sorry, clear um, everybody's board. The one board thing that's a bit concerning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, the one thing that concerns me about Riel is her ability to win the game. I've been looking at like uh, Underworld Breach kind of win cons, and you know maybe breaching going through your deck into into Thassa's Oracle, which is eh, it's whatever. But you know, being being kind of lo- instantly locked out. Um, by Drainus Magistrate or Rule of Laws in casting multiple spells per turn is is a bit of a concern, so I'll I'll fiddle around with that and see how it goes. Yeah, I know this is like an underrated mechanic in CDH, but um, you can actually attack people uh, with creatures. Oh, believe me, I know. Riel gets very large. I've got I've got a uh, even I think it's called even wind color because I think cycling is actually really important with Riel. So uh, when you cycle it, I'm pretty sure it gives target creature flying. So you just jump your real swinging for lethal commander damage. Easy. Easy. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. And cleaning up is also pretty cool. Okay, I just before we close out, I just want to say like I'm I'm so happy. Like I've spent, you know, the last now about 24 hours thinking about all the things I can do. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, the first thought is, well, how's the meta going to shape up? And it's like, oh, well, everyone will do this. And then I went, wait, but everyone's doing that. They'll just counter it this way. And like that realization of just like there are going to be a whole bunch of strategies. Strategies are actually going to counter other strategies. And then like people will do different things to try and gain advantages and just oh everything's just so good and i'm so happy and dude i, I what do you mean you've only been words, spending but... the last 24 hours thinking about this i've been spending the last like since oracle printing thinking about what it'd be like <laughs> without flash like i it's it's awesome yeah this is uh, yeah uh, just just amazing I, i'm so happy that that this happened i was very if it, if it hadn't have happened this ban list i was i was pretty convinced it wasn't going to happen but well but it, it did. did hell yeah. yeah uh so that about wraps it up for this episode if you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions comments or concerns you can contact us on twitter at into the north pod via our email into the north podcast at gmail.com or on our discord server the invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode an extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash into the north podcast. Thank you as always to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our long-suffering podcast editor Roadkill. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. Bye. Peace. 
Have a good one.